Kia ora koutou katoa. I'm Sapir Mehran and this is Stuff Explained. China's enormous population of 1.4 billion people has just one political party representing it, the country's founding and ruling Chinese Communist Party. It's been five years since the 90 million members of the Communist Party were last represented at a national congress. Now one is underway and experts believe it could be significant, if secretive. To explain why this meeting is important and how it might affect the rest of us, we're joined by a former Beijing bureau chief of the Washington Post and the editor of the Dominion Post, Anna Fifield. Hi, Anna. Kia ora, Sophia. So there are several thousand delegates at this Congress. Why is it such an important meeting? It's a really important meeting because every five years, the uh, Communist Party that runs China gets together to set their priorities and their plans for the next five years. So it's a big deal every time, but particularly this time because Xi Jinping, the leader of China, changed the constitution four years ago to enable him to serve a third term as the leader of the party, uh, which makes him president for a third term. And this really winds back a lot of the protections were put in place after Mao Zedong, uh, who was the founding leader of communist China, uh, after his reign ended in 1976. And those protections were put in place to stop the kind of personality cult and one-man rule that Xi Jinping has been um, trying to return to now. So this is a really big deal. Uh, It's certain that Xi Jinping will get a third five-year term in office. The big question now is whether he'll, you know, make himself president for life and get a fourth and a fifth. Does he need the approval of Congress to keep extending his time in power? He does, but it's really just a rubber stamp. You know, there is no opposition to him either in the party that we can see or outside of the party. Uh, And he has shown himself to have a really strong grip on the party. You know, he's used this anti-corruption campaign over the past 10 years to get rid of all of his political rivals. So he is really running the show. So if he's laid the groundwork for another five years, then we can be sure that he will get it. Can observers watch and report on what's going on at this big conference? This is the first Congress since uh, the COVID pandemic began in 2020. So this year is a little bit different. Um, Usually these big meetings in the Great Hall of the People, the press can attend. I have attended the National People's Congress uh, in Beijing a few years ago. But in this occasion, it's the 3,000 delegates all wearing masks inside um, and everything beyond those opening speeches takes place behind closed doors, really. So there will be highlights that are broadcast on social media and things, but the vast majority of it is, um, is very secretive. You've reported from meetings like this. What is it like? inside. I attended a National People's Congress, which is a big conclave. Yeah, again, 3,000 apparatchiks in the Great Hall of the People. It's really quite a spectacle because the stage is, you know, red carpet, bedecked in red, hammer and sickle behind the the leaders. Um, And it's quite funny to watch everybody clapping in unison and just the kind of adulation for the leader, Xi Jinping, um, that breaks out across that huge hall. Um, I did notice one time when I was in there at one of these meetings that they actually ran an absentee list on a big screen and 11 people were missing. And I was thinking I would really not want to be one of those delegates who was missing. What is exactly Xi Jinping's vision for China? What does he want to achieve if he's going to stay in power for so long? 
So Xi Jinping talks a lot about national rejuvenation and about returning China to what he sees as its rightful place at the um, top of the global order. So everything that he has done has been about stoking nationalist sentiment inside China and using um, China's economic might to win political support abroad. Um, and that's really what he stressed. He had his first speech uh, to the Congress over the weekend, and he talked a lot about how national security was key to national rejuvenation. So he talked a lot about, um, about Taiwan and saying that he wants to reunify, as he calls it, Taiwan with mainland China, even though Taiwan has never been uh, governed by the Communist Party. And really just setting out his vision for the Chinese view of um, economics and how diplomacy should be run to become the dominant one. And so we've seen how he's befriended a lot of other authoritarian leaders around the world, like uh, Vladimir Putin, most notably, um, since he's been in office because he you know, sees allies in, in places like that. What is it about Xi that makes him different to the other recent leaders of China? Xi Jinping has taken the leadership um, and really run with it in a way that his predecessors did not. The two predecessors in particular uh, before him were relatively weak. Um, but she has acted very adeptly and tactically to seize almost full control of the party, not least by, um, by having almost all of his rivals, including very, very senior officials, um, jailed for corruption um, and I mean, this corrupt anti-corruption campaign has been very popular across China as a whole but has been really useful politically for Xi Jinping. So there's really very few people at the top now who can challenge him and there's certainly no sign of anybody who is trying to do that now. Just recently we've seen a former justice minister, somebody very senior, jailed for life um, had actually given the death sentence, but that was commuted. So all of these people around him who might have different ideas have gradually been uh, disappeared from the scene. So it's very unlikely that the party will make any kind of course correction and choose somebody else over Xi Jinping's wishes. Yet meanwhile, we've seen that the Chinese economy, though the second largest in the world, that's not been doing that well. Um, do you think that they're going to stick to all of the policies that they've laid out for themselves or they'll change things up to really maintain their, their place, I guess. Mm, that's a really interesting question because usually these five yearly speeches are all about the economy and they're setting out a vision for what the economy will look like and what they'll do in terms of sectors to support and things like that. This year there's been almost no mention of the economy so far and that's because it isn't doing well. That's why Xi Jinping has focused so much on national security. Uh, so when the last People's Congress was held, it was in 2017, um, the Xi Jinping then talked about strategic opportunities. At that time, the economy was growing at 7% a year. Now, uh, it's, the World Bank predicts it will grow by only 2.8% this year, so it's much um, in much straightened times. And Xi Jinping has warned at the opening of this Congress that China is facing um, high winds, choppy waters and dangerous times ahead. So he's really preparing the Chinese people for definitely tougher economic times. And you mentioned before that there's been some cozying up with Putin and Russia. Do you think the Congress will discuss the invasion of Ukraine and other impacts on the rest of the world? No, so they're very oblique about things like that. So there's been no mention of Russia or Ukraine in the 
opening statements. Also, no mention of the United States, uh, with whom uh, China is stuck in the strategic competition. It's very kind of oblique references to the global order and um, how she sees China at the top of that global order, but without specifying any other countries in the world. What about us over here in Aotearoa? China is still our biggest trading partner by far. Do you think decisions will be made in Congress that will affect us and our relationship and our trading? Yes, I think they will. I mean, whether we do anything about it is a different question. But over the 10 years of Xi Jinping's rule, we have seen this incremental but very clear uh, efforts to clamp down on freedom of expression, freedom of assembly, human rights of all forms. So we've seen that in places like Tibet and Xinjiang, where ethnic minorities have been repressed and worse in those places. We've seen that in the actions in Hong Kong to uh, stamp out democratic demands there. Um, and also we've seen it inside China with all of the surveillance, um, with the growing police state that exists inside China. So all of this has been happening um, over the past 10 years. But New Zealand has kind of taken a very pragmatic response to this and saying, you know, it is our biggest trade trading partner, $32 billion worth of uh, two-way trade each year. A full third of our exports go to China. So New Zealand hasn't wanted to upset China in any way. Say like Australia or the Canada or the US or the UK, our other Five Eyes partners have been um, more, I would say, bold in confronting China. We haven't done that. We've been very careful. But our government uh, has talked about diversifying our economy so we're not so reliant on China. In fact, we've done nothing at all. Our trade with China uh, has grown uh, even since COVID. But I think it's increasingly likely that we are going to have to make some tough decisions now that uh, Xi Jinping is making it really clear that this is not just a one-party state anymore. It's more and more a one-man state run by him. And if he does make more aggressive moves towards Taiwan, a democratic island of 24 million people, that then that may force us to to speak out more at least, but also to take some bolder decisions. Hmm. We've talked about the leadership question, the economy, security, trade. What else will you be keeping an eye out for as the Congress progresses? Yeah, well, the really big uh, question is whether Xi Jinping will um, unveil a successor. So the way that this happens, there are seven members of the standing committee of the Politburo, uh, and at some stage later in the week, they will all walk out onto the stage in the Great Hall of the People behind Xi Jinping. And if one of them is under the age of 55, uh, a youngster in Communist Party, uh, by Communist Party standards, then that will be the signal that that is Xi Jinping's chosen successor. You know, Xi Jinping, by, by Communist Party standards, shouldn't be there anymore. He's now 69 and 68 is considered the cutoff point for leading the Communist Party. But so he will still be there. The question is, will he anoint a successor? Uh, my money is on no. I do not expect a fresh face to be out there following him onto the stage because I think it's pretty clear that Xi Jinping plans to stay in power for many years to come, maybe for the rest of his life. Well... That is it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm Sipia Mehron. You've been listening to Dominion Post editor Anna Fifield. On behalf of producers Philippa Tolley and Jono Williams, thank you for listening. You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz. Make sure you like and follow us wherever you get your podcasts.
I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. No, that, I think Chris, that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing a fair there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.